What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and I got a fantastic episode for you this evening. I'm very excited about this one. I've been wanting to have one of these conversations for a while, but I haven't quite found the right person to connect with, and I have a, I'm really confident that tonight um, we're going to be able to provide you guys with lots of really good information and then some actionable things that uh, we can do. Because I feel like, you know, as we've witnessed over the last, you know, many, many years, decades, like just this push to demonize, vilify, uh, make people, you know, scared to be a gun or just everything around surrounding guns. I mean, it's just such an operation, man. And so we're going to, we're going to demystify some of it. We're going to get into some of the nitty gritty, like what kind of attacks we're looking at and some possible solutions. So, uh, before we get too far into it, guys, I just want to shout out where you can follow and support the show. Uh, probably the most important thing right now is just sign up for the email list and that's at rebunk.news. You're going to see a website or a, a little window pop up. Sign up for the email list so you get any alerts about any time uh, I go live or any events or any announcements related to the show. And there's going to be some announcements, folks. I'm working on something I'm really excited about in the background. It's not going to be ready for a couple months, but uh, it's something that I'm putting effort into. Some of you know what I'm talking about, but it's going to be awesome. So anyway, make sure you're up to date with the show on the email alert. So at the top, you'll see all the affiliate links, including the t-shirt shop. So let's stop in and see if they've got any new shirts for us. It's so fun. Every time I pop in here, Ryan and the team over at Big Frog, Ryan and Amanda and them, sometimes I'll pop in and they've got like a new shirt. I didn't, I'm like, oh yeah, that's so cool. They just, you know, I've given them full license to, you know, if they come up with a cool design, throw it in there. Let's see what happens. So the, the, the they shirt, everyone's like, they, who is the they that is controlling us? Well, it's the hierarchy enslaving you. So there you go. 16 bucks, a nice they shirt, not to be confused with like they, them, theirs or anything like that. Right. Of course, of course, of course, you know, you, I should have worn this tonight. The, the Beavis Gadsden flag. Are you threatening me? Shirt sure. again, only 16 bucks. You cannot go wrong with that. You guys fantastic. So anyway, check out the t-shirt shop. There's a link at the website. There's several new designs up, up there right now. There's just way too many to even go over. Oh, and we also got women's shirts. You guys asked for it or you gals asked for it, I should say, but we do have women's design, uh, women's uh, sizes on there now. So uh, ladies, ladies go rock your rebunk shirts. Now we got all of your favorite. Look at this ladies. Come on, you'll be the hit at anywhere you go. A Fauci gave us all AIDS shirt. Okay, come on now. And then there's t-shirts and uh, hats in the shop as well. So go check it out. Rebunk.news forward slash shirts, or there's a link right there at the very top with all of the affiliate links at the top of the webpage. Um, speaking of affiliate links, we have Richard Grove's autonomy course. I just uh, graduated season eight. Very grateful for all that I learned and I'm continuing to learn. And now I'm actually getting to apply some of that stuff, actually putting in some freelance work for Autonomy Unlimited, which is Richard's marketing company so uh yeah you guys autonomy is uh the real deal there's a link in the episode description follow that if you want to take the obstacle course and learn more about it and uh truth trs heavy metal detox truthtrs.com awesome stuff can't recommend it enough uh the last little thing i want to just talk to you guys about is just in the episode description you'll see a link to the wellness companies whoops sorry i had a recent conversation with dr peter mccullough I uh, got to meet him in person at the Reawaken America tour, and they're launching this thing called the Wellness Company, which is basically like a ten dollars a month. You get your own doctor, like a telehealth type deal, and there's a bunch of like uh, stuff on there. So there's a link in the description if you want to learn more about that. That helps the show. So, all right, without further ado, I'd like to bring in my guest tonight, 
uh, Kevin Perez. Kevin, welcome to the show, man. I do. It's got a pleasure to meet you. <clears throat> Very much a pleasure to meet you as well. So um, we've just been chatting offline for quite a while. You're, you're, you send me uh, intel, you know, certain things, this and that. And, uh, you know, we, we follow a lot of the same people. Uh, obviously have a lot of the same interests and uh, you you just you seem to have a real acumen for things related to firearms. And then the more we started talking, I realized, wow, you're actually like really involved in this. And I've been wanting to have a conversation, a deep dive into like what it is we're up against, because um, I was at this uh, I was at Float Fest over the summer and they had a speaker there who was seemed to be just extremely knowledgeable about just the, you know, the, the types of legislation that was being rolled out and all this stuff. And I was never able to connect with him. But uh Again, like I said, this is something I've been wanting to talk to for a while, but he was telling us last summer uh, about how they were coming after the 80% lowers, you know, in terms of like, That's you know, the, 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 yeah, and I, that was the first I'd heard about that. So I was like, what? Really? It's like, okay. So before we get into all that, Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of how what, what your role is in terms of like activism in the whole Second Amendment community? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, my name is Kevin Perez. Um, so I am the South Texas regional coordinator for a one of the pro Second Amendment gun lobby groups out here. Now that sounds really cool, but it's not a paid uh, job. What it is is basically me volunteering my free time to try and get word out in my local community when they have bills that come up, uh, pro Second Amendment bills, and even bills that are anti Second Amendment. Um, so what I'll try and do is I'll try and get the word out to either organizations local to me. Unfortunately, for the most part, that tends to be, well, not unfortunately, but that tends to be mostly Republican organizations in this area. I mean, um, yeah. and when, when, then again, like once, uh, once we know what kind of bills are coming up, we get that word out to people in the area. We go to the, I tend to go to the gun shops, work gun shows. Um, a lot of what I've been doing lately is going through training courses. And that's where a lot of young, mostly men, but young people are there wanting to uh, work on their skills and enhance their skills in firearms handling. And so going there and letting them know what I do, that's been kind of a, a really big thing that's gotten kind of helped bolster numbers up. I think uh, a lot of guys will sign up because they see like, hey, no, not only one of these organizations, that's a big name organization, mm -hmm. but you're out here training as well. So not only are you fighting in the sense of, you know, the, the rules, but you're also out here trying to show people, look, okay, you're trying to better yourself. And Again, we're always constantly students, so uh, training is one of the, the main things that I, I enjoy very much. Um, That's awesome, man. I've been That's doing awesome. that for approximately two years, working with uh, this organization, and it's been a lot of fun. It's 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 been up and down. It's interesting once you see the kind of the backdoor aspects of legislation. Uh, there, you'll get almost kind of like this black pill moment where you're like, oh, man, there's almost no hope. And then you gotta you gotta work through that a little bit, and you gotta realize, well, <clears throat> ultimately these people want to continue to get reelected, and you, you just gotta bug them. They, you just gotta let people know that's the main thing. Every, anytime I go to a gun range, and uh, if I'm shooting, I, I do own a couple of suppressors, and there's a lot of people that'll see that and be like, oh man, that's cool. What is that? It's like, hey man, come over here, shoot five or yeah. ten rounds with it. You like it? Okay. And then you start walking them through, like, hey, there's the Here's the NFA process when you're going down the road of suppressors and stuff like that. Or like, hey, yo, I like that rifle or I like that pistol. Like, yeah, hey, man, come and shoot it. And then we just then it goes from there and we just start kind of BSing. And um, then you go into like, hey, you like the Second Amendment, don't you? Cool. Well, hey, here's my name. Here's my card. How would you like to get involved? How would you like to? It, it, something as simple as just calling your state your state legislator 
or sometimes we try and get people in big numbers to come down to the Capitol and testify. And then a lot of the times people are nervous initially. So what you'll tell them is like, hey, man, it's cool. If you don't really have a cool story or you're, you're afraid to tell that story, just go in there and say, hey, my name is, uh, you know, Joe. And I am for Bill 1234, House Bill 1234567. And that's all you have to say. Something as simple as that. Just turning out numbers is a big is a big thing for mm-hmm. a lot of these legislators. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So what does uh, what does the Second Amendment mean to you? Uh, <laughs> the rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Absolutely, wholeheartedly. It's um, and it's unfortunate that growing up in the era that we did. I, I don't know your age, but I'm 40, almost 43. <laughs> yeah, I'll be 40 um, this year. 40 later okay. this year. Yeah. So. All these things that we think of as normal, even stuff that is like the Nixon background check, right? That Nixon background check hasn't been in place since, has only been in place since um, 1994, I believe. You know, there used to be like a, a bit of a background check, but th- this database, this searchable database that the ATF has, that's something like that has only been in since 94. So it's really been just our generation that's yeah. been affected by things like this. Interesting, and, interesting. I, I, I feel like the tide is turning, especially on apps like Instagram, you start, you're starting to see, uh, even YouTube, you'll see a lot of people push back. You got your big names like uh, Grand Thumbs, like a big one, right? Uh, yep. Lucas Watkins, T-Rex Arms. Um, mm-hmm. and another big one that uh, is a training group called Orion Training Group. They're very pro-Second Amendment. They really push that message of getting that, that information, getting that message out to people, getting more people involved in the community and letting them understand, like, hey, this is a right, yes. Um, but with that, right, kind of like the, the Peter Parker thing, right? With great responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility. You have to be responsible. You should take that ownership on yourself and go seek training. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's no joke, man. It's no joke, but we get to see, and I mean, we're starting to see firsthand, like the importance of, well, you know, I mean, history is rife with examples of, you know, a disarmed population being just run over, you know what I mean? Or just those who have the 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 weaponry are the ones who kind of make the rules and you, america is just such a, in a unique place in human history and everything where it's like you know we've kind of uh dug our heels in and it's like no this is this is the american way is the american spirit and it's like you know that's a threat to anybody that is uh seeking or trying to maintain power in an illegitimate way you know and so it's just an amazingly powerful thing you know and we're starting to see it it's like it's like thank god you know it's like you see places like canada where like they they get rid of their guns and uh, now all of a sudden it's just like starting to get crazy up there, you know. Or Man, you see, I know Australia, Australia, Australia. I was just gonna you say uh, they had that Christchurch shooting, and then they they yep. disarmed their entire population. Yep. And, and what, look how crazy. They went. Yeah. What was the one in Australia? It was like in the nineties. It was a big shooting. Uh, that, uh, shooting at a, it was a shooting at like a beach or uh, like a resort. Um, like a resort place. Shooting. Yeah, it's been a long time. I was, I think I was maybe ten or twelve when that happened. It was like yeah, ninety-two I was, or ninety-four. Yeah, I was talking to one of my Australian colleagues. Uh, missing the point, the missing the point podcast. Go check him out, Drew Missing over there. He does a great job. But he was telling me, uh, you know, a little bit about the history of that, and it's really interesting how, you know, over the years here in America, it's, it's like they try to incrementally, you know, take away our gun rights in response to each one of these incidences and. You know, I don't know if we're going to get into your thoughts and feelings on all that stuff, but you know what I mean? Because, well, like, I mean, yeah, if you, know, you want to go down that road, the, the Gun Control Act of 1968, that was yeah. actually brought forth mostly due to the assassination of 
both John and Robert Kennedy, and then the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., which I believe the FBI was found civilly liable for the, yep. the death of Martin Luther King Jr. And then you have uh, kind of the recent release of the, the CIA potentially being involved in John F. Kennedy's assassination. So it's almost like that uh, that Hegelian dialectic, right? Problem, yeah. reaction, solution. Like they almost created this problem, and hey, now we got the, the, the Gun Control Act in 1968. Whoops. Yeah, it, yeah. I didn't realize that. I know. So we're going to talk about that, the Gun Control Act, 1968, but I didn't realize that was necessarily in response to these. Now, what we come to find out, government orchestrated events. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're right. The 1999 civil trial, you can read the court transcript on the Martin Luther King family website. And in the, if you go down to the, the very bottom where they're reading the verdict, it says, do you find the government or this agency or whatever guilty? And it's like, how do you find this? And it says guilty. So yes, in a civil court, U.S. government was found guilty. And it's, you know what I mean? So anyway. Oh, yeah. So so maybe, maybe, maybe. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of the main things was um, the rifle that Lee Harvey Oswald used, used was uh, he ordered it through the mail. And so that was one of the big pushes. Like, hey, we need to end these mail order weapons. And actually, that Gun Control Act is what where you started to get uh, FFLs, federally firearm, federal firearms licensing. Mm-hmm. You started to get all sorts. You um, that's where they changed the the definition of people who were prohibited. So at that point, that's when people who were uh, illicit drug users are no longer allowed to. People who are mentally ill are no longer allowed to. They I believe that's when felons were no longer allowed to own firearms again as well. So you're talking from 1790 something to. 1968 up until then that a lot of this stuff changed okay so i didn't realize all that came into play in the 1968 act okay cool so so pretty much all of that we know today to be kind of just standard stuff you know the background check the felons are unable to possess and all this stuff so that's all from the 1968 act huh yep that's a serialization of uh rifles and pistols and stuff like that so part of that there was no serialization um and then after that you know now you have this again this database that's easily trackable. I have friends that are still law enforcement and they tell me anytime the weapon turns up, all they have to do is call their local ATF agent. Boom. Instantly they have that, they have an instant access to who owns, who owned that firearm and how did it, and then they can, you know, backtrack from there and get to how it got here. Yeah. And isn't that always, don't they always say there is no database? Like these aren't kept in a central database. Like, wasn't that part of the, or, or I, I, I thought, things. yeah, that's what I thought. So just to give you a little history of background. So I actually worked, uh, I worked at Cabela's uh, for about three years, I think. And, and I worked in the guns department. And then uh, for the last two years, I would actually ran the Knicks counter and I processed 4473 background check forms for like yep. two years. Yeah. So I'm very, very well versed with all the inside, you know, insights of all this stuff. And it's, um, you know, it was a great job. I learned like everything there was to know about like every type of firearm and everything. And then like an actual, and then the process of how these background checks worked. And, you know, one of the things that was really interesting uh, was the two types of people that we had the most difficult time getting through were police officers and military. Because yep. they, when they were trying to purchase privately as, you know, just private people, they had protected addresses on their photo ID. So they didn't actually have their mailing address. Right. So it usually like put them in a delay or something like that. Or military would often have their like where they were stationed on their photo ID. And so it wasn't like where they were currently staying. And so it created all these problems. And I'm like, why? This is so weird. Like, and then like judges, people with protected addresses would come in. And it was like, these are the people that we had the most difficult time, like pushing the 4473 through with. I'm like, this is something's yeah, broken I, I, in this weird system. Definitely. I, I know um, just kind of going down that line as well with the 4473. 
every time that we've moved, uh, so we've moved around a lot, my wife and I and our family, um, instantly, wherever we go, if I go to purchase, I almost always get delayed, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes, multiple times, I'll get delayed. So there's something with my name. Someone else that's done a lot of bad stuff clearly has my name. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll always get delayed. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. The beginning. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, around like back in 1968, have you ever looked at into like what the climate was like back then? Like were, were, were there any like pro Second Amendment lobbies like petitioning so against the that? Was, or... the, NRA wasn't, the NRA still existed back then. Okay. And the, the gentleman who brought the, the, the 1968 bill up, he brought it up initially in 63. I don't remember his full name. His last name was Dodd, D-O-D-D. Mm-hmm. And at that time he was a senator. Um, and he had in 63 and I believe 65, he had a lot of pushback. The NRA actually got a bunch of people together and had hunters mostly at that time. And they emailed, basically kind of emailed him and, or not emailed, mailed him mm-hmm. and said, Hey, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't agree with this. We don't agree with this. But eventually uh, the final assassination, uh, I believe it was Bobby Kennedy. That was the last one in that line mm-hmm. that was killed. He, uh, that kind of tipped the scales in terms of things. And then they just, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they shoved it through in an omnibus bill. Mm, of course uh, they did. Yeah. Along the lines of what you see kind of nowadays, right? In fact, that just happened relatively recently with red flag laws. Mm. Uh, and that was backed by a lot of Republicans, including Republicans here in Texas. Um, one of my, my wow. senators, John Cornyn, back in 100%. Oh, yeah, you're in Texas. So, like, what, what is, uh, what's, what are some good, like, uh, Beto O'Rourke jokes, like what, how how cringe is that guy, dude? Like, like, uh, I, think, I, I think I think I messaged you directly. I was like driving behind somebody here in Nashville. They had a Beto bumper sticker, and I messaged you. I'm like, bro, I'm dying. <laughs> like, no, at least he's no. at least at least he's not in Texas voting right now. That's all. I yeah, do. that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of that. Um, it really depends on what area you're in. Yeah. If you're in Houston, it's it's nothing but Beto and Ugh. Biden signs. Same thing with kind of San Antonio area, Austin uh, probably. Where I'm at. It's more rural, but if I go, I'm near Corpus Christi. If I go into Corpus Christi, you'll see a bunch of Beto signs, a bunch of Oof. Biden signs, stuff like that. So it's really this, the you know, this diametrically opposed city versus rural kind of living. It's it's fascinating to see it now from the rural side. Originally, I'm from Chicago, okay. and uh, growing up in a city, I, my parents were both union people, so they were diehard Democrats back then. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about Texas? I feel like. You guys are getting like taken over by like libtards. What's going on? Uh, to some degree, uh, again, go. I, I have the opportunity to go speak to a lot of different organizations, uh, and fascinating. Uh, this last last year, the some of the Republican organizations that went there, there were a lot of people that were there that were from California and New York that were that there and they were there and they're like, hey, no man, you don't understand. Like we're here because of what's happening there. Like we won't, we don't want that here. And they were some of the biggest supporters of, you know, backing the Second Amendment and other things. There were other issues that, that came up. And so, yes and no. You know, it, yeah. it's 50-50. I guess if you're in a city, uh, you would be in your own little world and you would think, hey, it's how is, te- how is Texas not blue? But if yeah. you're out in the rural areas or you're talking yeah. to Republican places, you're thinking, how's Texas not red? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that pretty much everywhere. Even Oregon. I left Oregon back in March of last year, and it's like it's the same thing, you know, or May. When did I leave? Like April last year, yeah. But anyway, it's like the same thing. It's like, yes, of course, Portland, Eugene, Salem, it's blue. 
to all hell, but then you go 10 miles outside of any city and it's like Trump flags and like China Joe signs yep. everywhere. It's like, whoa, even even a really deep blue state like Oregon. It's crazy. Oh, like yeah, Oregon. That, that, that was a fascinating one because I know when, when he ran in 2016, at that time I was, where the heck were we? I think we were in North Dakota. Mm. And coming out of North Dakota into when I would go home to visit my parents, going through uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, it was just all like all throughout each state, like all the way around there was just like Trump pitch, Trump that. So Wow. Wow. That's intense. That's intense, man. Well, uh, one of the things I love about like the firearms community is that they're, uh, they're very much into like, um, I don't even know how to say it. Like, I don't want to say loopholes cause that sounds kind of like, uh, <laughs> But like, but more, it's just well, like the parameters of the what yeah the parameters. It's just like yes, yeah, just be very very creative. Like I just yes. love it, man. It's like it's like the idea of the the pistol brace, for example, right? So it's like I have That's a true. short barrel rifle, and it's like well, you can't put a stock on it because then it becomes a, something you can shoulder, and then you could kill a lot more people. And it's like no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show us what we're talking about here. Okay, so this is a pistol brace, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you just, just listening on the, the podcast, uh, just uh, you know, you could watch us on Rockfin. <laughs> So this pistol brace, right? So this is not a stock. You would never shoulder your weapon with this. But tell us, Kevin, what, what is this thing you're holding there? So what this is is a pistol brace. In 2012, uh, the actual company, the maker of this of this pistol brace is SP Tactical. They applied for a uh, a license to put these, or the, the, the permission from the ATF to put these on what they call pistol, um, pistol length, Rifle, basically. I don't even know how yeah. to explain. Yeah. So a rifle is any weapon that where the barrel is 16 inches or greater. Anything less than that, if the barrel is less than 16 inches, then now you're in pistol territory. Mm-hmm. So at that time, what they what you were only able to do was basically if you had an AR, you would have this is your buffer tube, mm-hmm. and you would just have this. You would have some people that would put like a uh, like a neoprene sock on this. And they were able to put it up to their cheek and they could still shoot. Or some people would actually split open a tennis ball and they would put a tennis ball on the back of this and they would do the, essentially the same thing that this does. Yeah. Well, SB Tactical said, hey, we have disabled veterans because of the, the civil war and terrorism. Yeah. Some of them are, unfortunately, you know, maimed in the central family. They have one arm. Well, how, how can we help them out? Well, if we have these pistols, can we have a, a pistol brace? So what this does is it opens up and the person can put their arm in here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it right now. But they can slide yeah. their arm in and they can strap it down so that it stays on their arm like this. It's stabilized. It's a stabilizing brace. Yeah. And then they can shoot these pistols one-handed. Or exactly. It made it easier for them. And then the, the, the gun community said, hey, well, can we all put it on? And the ATF at that time said, yeah, absolutely. There, there, there was no issue with it. And then people were start people started shouldering it because they're like, well, I mean, it's not a stock, but it's kind of close to. And uh, I think in 2012 or, 20, or 2013, they said, hey, we uh, we don't want you to shoulder it, um, but you know that you can do everything but shoulder it. And then instantly they came back and they said, hey, we don't have the ability to say that so you can shoulder it. They they, they, they reneged on it again, and then that that went. That went up until just recently, just uh, just uh, this just early this month. Uh, this month. 
Okay. Okay. So, so tell us about this change. Like, what's what's exactly? So, is this a law? I've heard talk about uh, it being like just some sort of thing that the ATF passed. Like, is that codified into law? Is it something that like they could actually rule? And what they're saying is they are they are now reinterpreting their the rule, and now they're saying that all these pistols that have been bought and sold for the last ten years are now. If you have a brace on it, they are now SBRs. Mm-hmm. So there have been people that have bought these things because SBR. So an SBR is a short-barreled rifle. Uh, mm-hmm. Not sure, just yep. nomenclature. Um, and a short-barreled rifle is a thing. It is something that falls into what's called the NFA, the National Firearms Act, and that was actually passed in 1934. The National mm-hmm. National Firearms Act in 1934, and that created a taxable um taxable route for the government to say you can do these things but we're gonna get our we're gonna get ours and that was things like suppressors that was sbrs and that at that time that was machine guns as well so but you got to think in 19 1934 cents 200 was probably a lot of money you know a lot more than what it is now especially with uh constant printing of money going on right yeah now. totally so, so so i guess i didn't realize that so sbrs you know as as is you know like let's say I had like say I had one of those like a seven inch or ten inch barrel with like a with like an actual stock on it, right? That would be right. considered an SBR. And is that considered like the same as like a class three firearm, basically? Something you would need like a nope, license nope, for? No, 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 you don't okay, need okay. a license for that. So for an SBR, oh, okay. you have two options for an SBR. You can okay. have a form four, which a form four is let's uh SIG, for example. Uh they have a they have a, a uh what they call the rattler. So it's a short, I think it's like six or seven inch. They have it in five, five, six, 300 blackout. And they make it, they used to make it with a stock or they made it with, with a brace on it as well. But mm-hmm. now if you bought the stock version of it, you would form for it. So it would get sent to your FFL and mm-hmm. the same way, this is the same procedure for a suppressor. The FFL would take it. You would fill out the paperwork. You would submit your, the, the paperwork for the, the NFA item. You would pay your two hundred dollar tax stamp. You would submit your fingerprints, and then it's a waiting game. Then it's gotcha. um, I, I think currently it's nine months on a wait for a form four, mm. for a form four the uh, SBR. Wow. Or, or SBRs are different. I think they're actually. I think they might be a little bit less. But things like suppressors. I in fact I have a suppressor right now in what we call NFA jail, and we're at like two hundred and thirty days. So wow, that's wild. Um, but yeah, so Uncle Sam gets that. Now, a Form 1 is different. A Form 1 is, let's say you buy, and give me a second. Yep, absolutely. Um, everything's been cleared here, just so, just in case anyone's wondering. Okay, good. Clear, clear, clear. So, this is an AK pistol. Nice. Less than 16 inches, right? Yeah. So, if I wanted to put a stock on this, I would Form 1 it. So, Form 1 is me, is now me. I am creating this. It was it was initially manufactured by Zastava as a pistol. But now I am choosing to convert it into a short-barreled rifle. So when I do that, the procedure is a little bit different. It's different paperwork, but it's ultimately the same in the sense of you pay your $200 tax stamp, you submit your fingerprints, and then you can either form one as an individual or you can put it into a trust. Um, and then you wait your time. And now, now my understanding is form ones, I've never formed one anything, but my understanding is form ones are moving a lot quicker. And then once you get the the approval from the ATF, you put a stock at it. And now it's an SBR, even though it's you know, the same thing. Now it's an SBR. 
So that's uh, that's kind of the difference there. That's awesome, man. Uh, that's a sweet little piece you got there too. So uh, I'm curious. So I've heard a lot of mixed uh, things, and I want to get like an actual def- definitive answer around. Uh, and I don't want to. Then I want to talk about uh, like bump stocks and all that stuff and some of these red flag laws. But uh, around uh, constitutional carry, and and one of the things like you talked about, uh, you know, I think we're winning. We're actually getting some victories, even though it may not seem like it. Like one of the things I saw. I don't know what I remember what show it was, but they were pointed out when you look at like a map of the United States, right? And you look in general, what the number of states that used to have constitutional carry like 30 years ago versus now, and it's like dramatically more. So the overall, the, the, the official statements for Vermont, uh, Bernie Sanders. Oh wow, that was one of the original. Uh, I think that was the original only constitutional carry state, and it's now spread. I believe there's 24 or 25. I think we're right at 50 percent. 25. There's 25. Uh, states are now constitutional carry. Texas is a constitutional carry state. Yeah, Tennessee there's, too. There, there's yeah, caveats. Yeah, I heard. I hear ten- yeah, I hear Tennessee is too. Maybe with some caveats. But anyway, t- what is constitutional carry? Because I've heard different things. But what does that mean exactly? So I, I can't give you a definitive answer, uh, a definitive definition, because constitutional carry can mean different things in different states. Gotcha. And this is why I say that. For example, the initial bill that Texas submitted for constitutional carry was just that constitutional carry it was if you can own the weapon so in texas an 18 year old cannot purchase a handgun but an 18 year old can own a handgun if his parents gift it to him uh so at that time the initial bill was if you're in texas and you can own the the weapon you can constitutionally carry the weapon here in the state of texas and then because of uh pushback or Again, the, 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 the two-party illusion thing, right? Republicans are on our side. They're pro-Second Amendment. And here in Texas, the Republicans have the majority in everything. We have the governor. We have the lieutenant governor. We have the attorney general. We have the Senate. We have the House. And they neutered the bill themselves. So just that's why, you know, you got you to keep on these people. But they, they ended up neutering it down to where if you were 21, basically if you could purchase handgun, you can now carry it. And that means like concealed carry. Concealed, you need to have like a concealed, concealed, yeah. open carry. Well, yeah, concealed or open. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But then I've heard then, of course, it also helps to, even though you're in a constitutional carry state, it helps to get your concealed carry license anyway, because that expedites background checks. And then also is that, um, here in Texas. That is for sure. If you yeah. have your, 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 your LTC, your license carry, you get, you don't have to do the 40, you have to fill out the 4473. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for the actual check of it. Like they just hold on to it. The, the, got, the NFL would just hold on to it. Gotcha. And then also that, that is your background, essentially. Gotcha. And then if you're like tra- if you're traveling like to different states too, a lot of times there's like reciprocity and they different recognize states have reciprocity. Yeah. Some okay. states have reciprocity with others that don't have state reciprocity with um with you know well, I'll give you an example. So we came here from well before we moved to Texas, we were in New Mexico. And they used to have reciprocity, but New Mexico is really going, really going hard mm-hmm. and gun right now. So things are really up in the air with them and uh, i think the reciprocity thing is, is waning on that end right now wow yeah oh man in new mexico when we first moved here new mexico actually had better gun laws than texas wow that's how that's that, that is inverting hard right now in fact i got a couple of buddies that still live there new mexico is looking to ban uh ar pistols they're looking to ban coded ammunition and all nfa items wow. so that's be their bills in their senate right now Oh, well, I mean, yeah, dude, it's just crazy, man. So, uh, all right. So have you been following the situation out in Oregon at all? 
By any chance, are you familiar with the legislation that's been going on out there? No, I, 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 I feel like I feel like that you it's right up your alley. I would definitely look into it. So I'm an Oregon native, born and raised my whole life. I, I left in last year, you know, so I, I fled right. to the south last year, you know. But uh, right before or right after I left, or actually the midterm elections, they passed this legislation that basically said, like, in order to purchase a firearm, period, you have to take a class facilitated by your sheriff's department. And so the sheriff's departments are like, well, we have no guidance on how to do that. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the personnel. We don't have any way to do this. So uh, basically, I guess nobody's buying any guns. So they've kind of like bottlenecked the entire firearm purchasing process. And I, I haven't heard any updates whether or not I heard there was some like injunctions or some judges were there was stuff happening, obviously pushing back against that. But I was just curious if you'd heard anything about. No, that. I haven't heard anything about that. No, unfortunately, no. Sorry, yeah. I apologize. No, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. I, I, look into it. Look into it, though, because I'll I think definitely. I'll I'll, like, I'll I'll ask my boss see if he uh, if we have anyone up there that that works up there in that area. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's like it sounds like if it is, it, it's and that's the other thing too. So yeah, all right. So we're good at interpreting laws and operating within these parameters. Oh, you're saying this? Oh, okay. So that means you know what I mean, like you know. Yeah. But then they're, they're they're the same way. They'll, they'll, they, they are chicken shit when it comes to like pushing this stuff. It's like, no, no, you just have to take a class. It's good. But really what we're doing is we're just making sure that nobody can get any guns. You know, it's just like, it's really, really sneaky. Well, you look at like, uh, uh, the, the Bruin, right? Uh, the Bruin case that just recently came down. Okay. You've got now New York really rallying against that. They're trying to essentially define the, 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 the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court's rule on, on the Bruin case. Uh, they're trying to make so Bruin was uh, the ability to carry concealed in the state of New York, in New York City. And um, okay, one of the things that, that came out of that is, is something that really shook the gun world up. That, and I believe it was, uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart here. Todd, well, I can't yeah, think I don't of the know. name of the justice. Uh, like a Supreme Court justice? Like yeah, that yeah. one? The current one is it a uh, 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 Th Th Thomas? Thomas? Yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's his? What's his? Now I'm blanking on his first name. What's what's? Yep, his yep. Name? Clarence uh, Thomas. Clarence, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas for the win. Yeah. Yes. There you go, Clarence Thomas. So, uh, you know, one of the things that they said was, well, you know, if you are having any kind of inhibitions on the Second Amendment, it needs to pass the text, history, and tradition test. And that's they're talking text history and tradition from the founding of the Second Amendment to present day. So that really shook things. That, that's gotten a lot of things moving. That's got uh, that's one of the things that uh, we're talking about bump socks. Yeah, that they're now rallying with, with bump socks, you know, in that sense. Also, uh, there's uh, there's other, other company, other states where they're, they're now starting to push back on on uh, shall carry versus uh i'm trying to think how the, the, the terminology there's will or will issue and shall issue so will yeah. issue meaning if you want a, a, a concealed carry license we will issue it to you and then there's some states that say no no we shall issue it to you but there's mm. criteria for it and so some of these states are now pushing back saying hey wait a minute text history text history and tradition that doesn't apply anymore so or that does apply so therefore these shall issue laws should go away and everything every state should be will will issue okay awesome well i mean yeah just again just uh 
the terminology, right? Just, just crazy. So yeah. And, and first and foremost, like I am not a lawyer. I don't speak yeah. lizard. Like these people are yeah. really forked tongue and you know, yeah. they can say one thing and again, with this bump, with this uh, pistol brace rule, people that there were multiple lawyers that were reading through it and interpreting aspects of it in different ways. Like, Oh, well, you're fine if you do this, or you're not fine if you do this. So it's, it's really interesting. Uh, and then that, even going to going back to the pistol racing, there's something called the the rule of lenity, and the rule of lenity is supposed to how it's supposed to work is if a law is vague, essentially the the the, the tie goes to the runner, or the tie goes to the person, uh, the individual as opposed to the government. If the government's making vague laws, then how can you enforce these? If you can't, you, a law should be def, definitive. It should have you know absolute borders around it. So even with the pistol bracing, that's I'm sure that's some way that some of these organizations, you have organizations like uh, Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, uh, National Association of Gun Rights, I believe is another one. So th they're going to go after this these rules and probably a lot of other rules using the rule of lenity as well as Bruin. Uh, wow. Bruin, that changed things with uh, here in the state of Texas. This last legislative session, not only did we a constitutional carry pass, we also got made in texas suppressors pass so mm. uh suppressors are an nfa item like i said it's, it's, it's government government controlled you have to pay the government 200 dollars. but one of the things is that is that it's a commerce tax interstate commerce tax well the state of texas said well if an individual makes this suppressor in the state of texas and the suppressor never leaves the state of texas there's no interstate commerce therefore you have no say in this therefore this is legal this should be legal and so they're, they're using that's how it initially started and then the bruin case came down right after that and they refiled and they said hey not only this we're going to add an addendum to this now we want to include text history and tradition on this as well wow okay so yeah i mean these are wins these are good things you know <laughs> yeah however unfortunate they do take a long time right like yeah look look, look at the bump stock ban right that was 2017 when that happened what year are we in now 17 18 19 20 yeah, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 six years six years right yeah. so it, it it so where it's sitting right now is that this is cargill versus versus garland yeah and, and that's an interesting case too like if anybody wants to like michael cargill i followed his story and and i followed his his journey a little bit um he's he's awesome like he's taking it to their Texas, doorstep awesome. yeah. Do you, yeah he's in texas do you know him have you met him i've spoken to him a couple times actually actually i called okay. him when this uh when this pistol brace thing went down and yeah he uh he basically said he's like you know he's like he's like what i would do is i would comply meaning take off my brace you know if you don't want to register take the brace off and you're fine there and you wait go. because his belief is that when his when his suit goes up to the supreme court it's going to shake things up quite a bit yeah that's that's amazing so are you in contact with him uh not not regularly but uh, we've spoken a couple times i was gonna say you should try and uh make a make a connection here you know what i'm saying i love you know, that on the show he has his own show called i know come and talk, talk it come and talk yeah. it it's on bandot video yeah i've seen him talking with alex jones like he's been on the jones show a few times and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, he's a cool would, dude. No, it's yeah. not just that lawsuit he's got going. Yeah. He's got several other lawsuits going. One of them is uh, what the the Biden administration is doing with the FFLs. Uh, mm -hmm. If they find a clerical error error under forty four seventy three, you used to be able to say, "Hey, you know, it was a mistake. Let's correct it. Yeah. Let's get the problem solved." No, you know, don't do that again. What they're doing now is they're saying, "You made a mistake under forty four seventy three. We're going to pull your FFL, your your, your license." 
yeah, you're out of business. And yep. some that's how it was. Sorry, that's how it was it that's how it was at Cabela's like they were so strict about everything being 100% you know uh like dot your t dot your i's cross your t's and they had uh like we had three different checkpoints for each form so like you'd have the person filling out the form then you'd have a person checking it and then you'd have a third final signer on it each form make sure every single thing was 100% because that was the threat even back then this would have been like 2011 2000 oh you know what I was working there right when the uh, uh, Sandy Hook shooting happened. And so that was insane, okay. dude. That was insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, that was yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. I, I know some people speculate, this is pure speculation, that sure. the shutting down of FFLs is really just to get uh, build the database for these for weapons. Because when an FFL shuts down, so an FFL has to maintain, so it used to be they, used to, they had to maintain the 4473 records for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Biden administration, they're telling them you have to maintain these records indefinitely. Yeah. Once an FFL shuts down, the ATF seizes it. Or they come and they take those 4473 forms. So they now have everything that's been transferred via that FFL in record. And yeah. who knows what with them. Yeah, I just, I, just, I just want to shout this out. This is the Come and Talk It. You'll find it on Bandop Video. There's yeah, Michael. Michael he's just, just, a good just, dude. just crush really in, good. dude. This guy's awesome. If you haven't heard him, he's very passionate, very uh, well-spoken. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't mess around when it comes to the Second Amendment. Boy, tell you what. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. that's, that's really cool, man. Um, let's see here. So, uh, oh, the other cool thing that I, see, I learned about this fairly recently. Like, I was in this whole world for a long time, but it was uh, – just a few years ago that I learned about the whole concept of ghost guns and how you literally could just 80% lowers, 80% lowers, how you could just order the components online and then just build it yourself. And I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense because I was so ingrained in this world of no, no, no. Everything's hundred percent background checked and everything's just like perfect. And yep. just, you know, it's a, and yep. it's like, wait a minute. You mean I could just like order something online? So well, tell us about 80% lowers the whole online purchase situation. And then what, What's happened with that industry? So how it used to work was uh, it, it, there were eighty percent lowers. So an eighty percent. I don't have a. Uh, I don't have an actual lower on me right now. But mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think. I can pull it. I can probably pull it up here. Yeah. But so you had there, there were some of the, the Glock seemed to be like a really big one. So while it wasn't oh, okay. actually Glock sponsored, it was a uh, just a company that once Glock lost the patent to their Generation Three lower yeah. companies started being able to make that and what they what what it was was there were certain aspects of it that weren't drilled out yep there you go and they had it came with a jig so that's that red thing if you uh any one of these it has like a red there you go yeah there you go so that red thing is the jig and what you would do is you would just place the lower into that jig and it would give you the points on where you had to drill and you would just drill those out. It took a little bit of milling in the front aspect where the where the barrel fits. Uh, but my understanding, there were people that got pretty good at it. But once you did that, there was no registration for those, right? You you bought that. It technically wasn't a firearm because it could not hold the the firing mechanism in there. And you used to be able to buy the whole kit. You used to buy the lower with the firing mechanism parts there, and you used to be able to buy the upper with the barrel. Um, and then same thing with ARs. So there used to be AR eighty percent lowers as well. And, those basically had the entire at the entire part where the where the pistol or where the uh, the trigger goes in, that was all one solid piece in there, and it came with a jig, and yep, there you go, and you, you it would the jig would show you where to drill, 
and there used to be on YouTube, there used to be a bunch of videos with people that would show you like, Hey, the quickest way or the easiest way to do this is, you know, get a mill and drill in with this bit, you know, this size bit first and then step up. And then you come through with, uh, you know, doing this, that, and the other with a milling bit. Um, and there was no issue with those. And the, the ATF basically said, you know, there's nothing we can do about these. These are not rifles. These are not pistols. These are paperweights essentially. Yeah, again, that's that's the, that's that, that's interesting. That interesting thing operating within the parameters, like this right here, you guys. This right here is the only thing on an AR-15 that's considered a firearm. This component right here, if it's milled out, right? If it's the milled out, it, correct. Yeah, yeah. The barrel, the 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 the, the tube. The, I can't remember the gas uh, tube. The buffer tube. Buffer tube. Barrel buffer, buffer tube. Buffer tube. tube. Yeah, upper receiver. Even like the firing pin, the whole slide mechanism. None of that is considered a firearm. The only piece is this piece that has this compartment or this compartment milled out with two little holes drilled in the side, right? Or three if you're lucky. Or three if you're, okay, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. So exactly. So it's just like, it's like, oh, so that's so interesting. But then when it comes like this, without the the, the middle, the, the trigger assembly piece uh, milled out, and it's not doesn't have those two drills, then it literally is just a paperweight. There's nothing, yep. there's nothing I, in, the I, law, in the eyes of the law, there's nothing different between this and like a banana. Yeah, and it, no. it, so the, the bands on this was actually kind of incremental, right? Like, yeah. Initially, with, with the with the the polymer, the the, the the kind of Glock clone ones, they they got mad about them sending pieces selling the whole kit, so the upper and the lower. So Polymer eighty is one of the big companies. They said, okay, fine, yeah. we'll we'll sell just the lower with all lower part kit parts, and then we'll sell the upper with the barrel separate. And they did that, and then then the ATF changed their mind again, and they said, hey, you know, we we now consider the jig as part of an issue too. So then they said, oh, okay, really? we'll sell all these, all these parts separate again. And then they just came back and they said, no, you know what? All this, the, the jig itself, now they're considering the jig a firearm now. So oh that, yeah. That, that's where they're at right now. So there, there oh. are a couple of injunctions that are out there, yeah. um, but it's for specific companies. So not all the companies have that injunction on them right now. And, and even then it's, it's still in limbo. It's still, it's, still in the pro the legal process of hopefully getting overturned yeah okay well that's good and again that's again was this uh i remember hearing it was like uh like this is like the executive branch like this is an executive order or was this just atf just doing it or is this like an actual law that was passed do you know kind of how that uh, well the atf falls under the executive branch so okay. they answer to them so for people that are wondering um again you know the, the, the two-party illusion thing right yes a lot of this even this a lot kind of this really started with bump stocks and that was trump that was trump that even said himself that he pressured the atf to change their mind in fact the atf had come back for a number of years saying that they could not legislate or that they could not legislate bump stocks into non-existence because it falls out of their purview um there is a, when the bump stock ban was going through you know there was actually senator diane feinstein had introduced a bill to ban them outright and in her bill um, one of her testimonies, uh, when she, was, she actually said that the fact that the ATF just came in willy nilly and banned them, even though for, I think at that point they had been legal for 10 or 12 years, something like that. She even said, this is going to come back and bite us in the butt because this is not right. This is Diane Feinstein who said this, right? This isn't, uh, you know, Thomas Sowell or this isn't uh, Rand Paul or Ron Paul saying this is Diane Feinstein, a, a woman who is absolutely against the second amendment and she absolutely. even said in her own words she said this is not legal this is not the right way to do this uh once this gets settled in court this is going to come back and bite us the butt so you know 
take it for what it's worth. It's it's going to take some time, and it looks like maybe maybe uh, uh, Mr. Cargill's case will be the one that does that. And hopefully, the precedence that that case sets again. It's still hopefully. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully that'll that'll reverberate through the Second Amendment. You know, people forget it's the his case right now. The way it sits, it's it's legal, quote unquote, in the Fifth Circuit Court in the Fifth Circuit Court District. So that's Texas, Louisiana, Alabama only. Yeah. Uh, right. And the the ATF has they they have to respond to him winning in the Fifth Circuit. Uh, by, I think I believe by the end of February. Okay. So we don't know what what's going to happen there. They might ask for an injunction and say, hey. You know, we want to take the Supreme Court, but in the meantime, still make them illegal. And you, I don't know how a judge is going to, I can't sit here, I don't have a crystal ball or an eight ball, magic eight ball that's going to tell me the judge is going to tell them, you can go up to the Supreme Court, but sit and spin. You know, these are not yeah. legal, but only in the Fifth Circuit. We yeah. don't know what, what, we don't know exactly what a judge is going to say there. Yeah, exactly. And bear in mind, even uh, again, with that, he won in the Fifth Circuit uh, in what they call the en banc. So on bonk, when, when you go to circuit courts, on bonk is when every judge in that circuit is ruling on it at the same time. Initially, he went just through the Fifth Circuit and he was actually shot down. So uh, there, there's an interview with him where he talks about this. He said that when they first went up to the Fifth Circuit, there are three liberal judges. And he said, wouldn't you guess it that our very first case in the Fifth Circuit, what, guess how many judges we drew that were liberal? All three of them. All three of them, yeah. And they lost. Wow. Yeah, he said, we drew all three of the liberal judges in in the Fifth Circuit Went in the first time that they went into the Fifth Circuit, and they lost. And then they went back, and they, they then eventually went to what's called en banc. Yeah, I think it's wow. E-N-B-A-N-C. Uh, um, and when all the judges ruled, uh, it was, I believe, uh, 16 judges, and it was 13-2-3. 13-3, you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go, again. Of course. Of course. Well, shoot, man. Okay, so uh, a few more things here. So in the chat, I just want to shout out Colleen. Uh, Colleen's a good friend of the show. She's uh, just been hanging tough, dropping all kinds of commentary. I just want to highlight a couple of things she said. She said, I went to high school in Texas, and boys I went to school with had guns in their trucks on campus. I had a gun in the console of my car. Uh, it was locked. The guy's my Colleen? Name. Colleen, yeah, shout out to Colleen. I heard that before, Colleen. Uh, you know, it's funny, though, when, you, when she says that. When I first moved here, I had buddies that uh, were already living here, and they told me, hey, man, Texas isn't as Texas as you think it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it, maybe things have changed a little bit, but we're we're yeah. working we're working back here to change them back uh, the way they should be. Yeah, in Texas, we need you guys to hold your ground out there. Come on now, no, we're, we're, we're busting our butt, man. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great work, man. So speaking of, uh, as we're kind of winding down here, so uh, let's talk about how people can get involved, things they can look for in their community, and what to watch out for when um, you know tackling these issues or or trying to get involved. I guess. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, great segue. Uh, it's a, that's a good point. So one of the, the easiest way for people to get involved, the absolute easiest way is just to donate to one of these organizations. Uh, and again, the two that are that are really kicking butt are Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America. Uh, I I would caution against the NRA. You know, yeah, I've heard, they, I've heard, I've heard, I've uh, heard mixed things. Like, what is that? Gonna yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, going back to the Gun Control Act, right? If you yeah. want to go to the GCF sixty-eight, they back that. They, they didn't back it initially, but when the final rule came out, they, they, they backed certain aspects of it that allowed it to pass. In fact, uh, uh, I have it written down because it blew my mind when I read it. Um, this is Franklin Orth, the uh, executive vice president of the NRA at the time. He said, we don't think that any sane American who calls himself an American can object 
to placing into this bill the instrument which killed the president of the United States. So he was referring specifically to the banning of mail in of being able to order weapons on, through the mail. Yeah. But that's your NRA that had yeah, back, yeah, back that. Uh, the NRA is what gave us our 4473 as well. Wow. So okay. It, well, there you go. It is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Sometimes they do good work. They really do. Uh, and um, But I know Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation. Uh, again, again, I believe it's National, National Association of Gun Rights. Um, and there's a couple others out there that are, that are really good. Looking to local. Um, so, like I said, uh, I, I know, I don't know if, like here in Texas, we have uh, Texas State Rifle, TSRA, Texas State Rifle Association. Um, Gun Owners of America actually has a, a branch just for Texas. So there's GOA National, but there's also GOA Texas. Um, they do good work. Um, uh, there's a couple of small organizations. Look into small organizations. Uh, again, the easiest way to get involved is donate and read the emails. Now, now I... I've even talked to uh, some of the other organizations. Like, man, like some of the emails that they hand out, like, "Oh my God, the world is ending. Yeah. This bill is coming up," and people get annoyed with that. And I understand that, but you do have to realize that even if you don't get money, like, read the email because no matter how much we push, we don't have people like Bloomberg, right? We we don't have billionaires that are pushing pro Second Amendment stuff. In fact, most of these billionaires are pushing for the anti-Second Amendment side. So these organizations need help. They, they need you to get involved. They need you to, yes, donate, but also your time. Um, even if it's something as simple when it's at a state level, look into what's going on at your state. If you find a state organization, call them, contact them, see if you can go to the Capitol and testify on behalf of pro-Second Amendment legislation, as well as you know against anti-Second Amendment legislation. Those are two really big things. Um, and calling your lo your local senator and your local representative and, and even if even if uh in terms of party they uh they, they don't agree with you like my my representative is here where i live is a, uh, a republican my senator is a democrat now i've tried to call him to get a, a, a visit with him and they were just like man we have we have nothing to say to you thank you bye and just hung up and uh, you know it's funny because when i talked to him and uh, when i talked to his office i said i don't get why you guys are so anti Second Amendment. Now, I've worked again. I've I've worked gun shows, and one of the times I worked at a gun show, I was actually the just happened to draw the table that was next to the the local Republican. Still there? Yeah, no. I mean, I mean I'm good. I just had a, yeah, just had a, uh, I happened to draw the table that would happen right next to the local Republican organization, and I had a lot of people that came up to me and they're like, "Hey, man, you're cool." F those people. And they thought I was affiliated with them just because I was at the table next to them. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I, I'm not trying to knock them, you know, but no. And so I told him that I told him, I told his, his, uh, his office that story and they still didn't want to do it. It's like, well, you got to think these people aren't Republicans, you know, at the very least, maybe they're uh, libertarian, but odds are they probably voted for you. So why wouldn't you listen to someone that, that does believe in the second man? Why would you think that even if they are Democrats, that they hate the Second Amendment. Maybe they do. Uh, you know, if you look at things, it looks like, you know, if you listen to the news, it's like they all hate it. But there are people that are on both sides that, and, and in the middle, and in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that yeah. absolutely support the Second Amendment. Um, like I said, I've spoken to even the Libertarian Party here down by me, and uh, there's not a lot of them, unfortunately. There's about, mm. I mean, total that showed up to those meetings was like four people. 
Wow. But it's unfortunate, but um, that, that that's how you do it, man. Just get out there. And if you if you do own someone that doesn't like a handgun or a rifle or brace pistol, mm-hmm. <laughs> take it to the range and, and yeah. let them shoot it. Sometimes there's that, uh, that that stigma of it. You know, sometimes they're afraid of it. And sometimes they just, they've never been around it. Like uh, Colleen said, you know, I grew up in Texas. Some people didn't. I grew up in Chicago. Uh, there was the only people that had guns when I grew up were, were the bad guys, were, were mm-hmm. gangbangers. Um, and, you know, here I am advocating for them on behalf of, you know, an organization here in Texas. So um, that's why you need to, to get out and re- reach out to people. Or call your representatives, call your senator. That's a big thing too. Local, local, state, state level. Mm-hmm. Uh, call your federal level too. Like even this, uh, this, pistol brace thing, it wouldn't hurt to call your your local to say, hey, locally, what are we going to do? Uh, how are, How is the legislature, legislature going to work to ensure that the Second Amendment isn't impeded at, at, at the local level? And then call your federal, you know, call your federal senator and representative and do the same thing with them. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing to, 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 to go against this, to push against this? And then your local police department, your local sheriffs, Get a hold of your sheriffs. Uh, one of the things that's getting put that's getting a lot of pushback with this brace ban in Wisconsin. There's a couple of local sheriffs that have said we outright will not will not enforce this. And there's a there's a sheriff that I saw an interview with him. He's up in I can't remember what county in in, in Wisconsin, but he said flat out, I don't want to, but don't force a don't force a confrontation with us. We will not. We do not want you to enforce this on our people. You know, and I was elected by the people of my county to protect them, and that includes mm-hmm. their Second Amendment. So please don't, don't, don't force a, don't force something that you don't want or that I don't want. You know, so yeah. talk to your local sheriffs too. Some of them might surprise you. Some of them might surprise you in the, in the wrong way, but it, it doesn't hurt you. If you're quiet and you just allow things to happen, then yeah, it's kind of that adage. You, you know, you you get you you deserve what you tolerate, mm-hmm. and if you don't at least attempt, it still might happen. Even if you, you, you fight, it still might happen, but at least you fought, at least you tried. You know, I used to get, when I used to go to some of these organizations, talk to them, I said, running a lot of old timers that would like always tell me like, hey, you, you need to pick your battles. You need to pick your battles. And finally I told one of them, I said, you know, that's what you did. And look where we're at. So maybe it's time that we, we, we don't have a choice, but to pick every battle. I, I don't think, I think it's, we have every fight we got to fight, whether we like it or not, because, the generations before us chose to pick battles and they figured that none of these were worth their time or their salt. And now you're passing it on to us. And if we don't do anything about it, we're going to pass it on to our children. We're going to leave our children potentially into a, a world of, you know, uh, what Australia is going through or what uh, New Zealand's going through. And think about that. If you have children, you know, I have two, two little ones. And, and yeah. man, that, that's kind of my motivation right there. What, what, what kind of a world am I leaving them? Yeah. Yep, exactly, man. Well, you're doing amazing, amazing work. So I got kind of a trick question for you. So uh, what's what's the name of your podcast? I don't have a podcast. Oh, wait a minute. I, hold I on, hold on, hold on. You don't have a podcast? <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. We need to None whatsoever. Okay, so I know I'm just kidding. But like, okay, but that was like all, all that to say, man, you did so good. Like, I feel like you could have your own show, like talking about these issues and bringing people on and really creating some awareness around this stuff. Like, you're you're, you're fantastic. Like, we were talking before, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, uh, yeah, I've never even been on a podcast before. I'm like, dude, let's do it. So now that you've been on one, I feel like, dude, you, I like, I don't know if you ever if you ever want help or whatever, start a podcast about 
firearms, Second Amendment stuff, let me know. Be happy to help. Right on. Well, thank you very much, Scott. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I got uh, a question for you. Yeah, of course. How do you pronounce sriracha? Sriracha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sriracha. It's funny. My, uh, it's way off topic. I get it. But like, uh, yeah. we were talking about this beforehand. But my, my wife, the first time I said it, she, my wife's from London, England. Uh -huh. She's like, sriracha? What's the matter with you? It's sriracha. So sriracha. sriracha. Not sriracha. I say sir acha. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, it's been a very it was it was an existential crisis over the summer with the great uh the great sriracha shortage of 2022. I was like I was like not having a good time. But my cabinet is stocked. I've got like 15 bottles in there right now. And I I moved on to like sriracha mayonnaise and like the sriracha chili sauce and it's like Yes, I I'm well like I had to you know, I had to improvise during the during the short. And I'm like, man, I guess this means I just have to start making my own. But then it came back into supply. So maybe I'll still do that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, man, that's just, yeah. I'll, I'll listen to the show, Inside Joke. So yeah, Kevin, man, awesome. So good to have you on. Like, let's Thank do this again. Uh, I, hope I, I hope I spread some good word. I hope we get some people Dude, involved, man. Yeah, exactly. This is fantastic. So um, we'll have you back. Like, as, these, as the story evolves, as anything new pops up, just let me know. We'll bring you back on um and uh, you know you can break it all down for us but uh again just tell us one more time like these organizations that you feel like uh would be worthwhile for the listeners and viewers to support yep uh gun owners of america and firearms policy coalition second amendment foundation and national association of gun rights there is a plethora of other ones those are just off the top of my head ones that are kind of really big in the news that are pushing back right now okay uh, yeah cool really awesome Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. That was so informative. Like people in the chat are loving it. Shout out to Colleen, Ryan, Ryan's in the chat. Oh, I'll, I'll say this. So you guys, so, uh, if you go to my telegram page, t.me forward slash rebunk news, uh, Ryan Graham, who makes my t-shirts, who runs the t-shirt shop. He started his own show. You guys go check out his show. Go give him some love. It's the, the uh, hold on. I don't want to mess this up here. It's, um, but it's, it's, he's on, apparently he already had the very first episode taken off of YouTube. So that means he's doing, the, he's doing the right deal, but he, it's an animated, uh, independent news review. So what is it? It's the, it's a YouTube, uh, oh shit. What is it? Um, youtube.com forward slash at T I R underscore podcast. It's the, uh, in the independent review podcast. So it's an animated show where then like the animated host takes clips uh, from like highlights the, guy runs the, the t-shirt company that you work with yeah he's the owner of the t-shirt company he's a big I, fan I, of you know what i actually got to talk to him because I'm, I'm interested in uh getting it I, so i got to get kind of like a a, a sample t-shirt made see get yeah. like one made and then see if uh the organization that i'm working with is okay with it and yeah. then maybe order a whole bunch more of those so okay well, um, well well yeah i'll put you in touch i'll send you his info where he's watching right now so ryan i got another one coming your way so yeah they'll, they'll get you all situated dude they're, they're liberty they're, they're a liberty-minded t-shirt shop right outside of portland oregon and uh they're they're followers of all our shows so it's like that we, we love support big frog in beaverton oregon so there you go awesome. all right all right kevin well, let's catch up soon and thank you so much for coming on and uh yeah Thanks for having me yeah it's great all right guys all right guys just crushing no fear in 2023 i'll talk to you later peace